0: podcast with Kirby and Justin. Kirby, how are you?
1: Well, I'm checking my uh, podcast playback site to make sure you're not on one and a half time speed, the way way you ripped that one out there at the beginning. No, I'm doing well. How about you?
0: I think good. Uh, Kirby, let's get started with all things IndyCar. Um, Start on a relatively serious note and uh, give our best to Barry Wanzer and his cancer fight.
1: Well, can't agree with you more there. Uh, As I understand it, his family's been through a lot previous to this, so hopefully he can come through this one in flying colors. Everybody seems to be optimistic, so hopefully they're correct.
0: You know, Palau would greatly miss him off the stand, let's put it that way, uh, if Barry were not well enough to come back next year. I I agree. it did not seem to bother him too much this weekend.
1: (laughs) I think the hay was already in the barn there, Justin.
0: Well, let's get it out of the way. There's no need to congratulate either Max Verstappen, or Alex Blow, because uh we did that probably four podcasts ago or five at <laughs> um, least so <laughs> uh no nothing needs to be said there. uh we've already congratulated those guys a long time ago. Thank for stepping and set a record for most wins in a row f one by driver, and um how many is that for Alex now is that is that five wins? this year
1: five
0: yeah let's talk let's uh, we're into portland let's just talk about it um it's in the rear view mirror don't like spend too much time looking back don't want to do too much of that but i did i did note a couple things if you'll indulge me indulge away portland as a track must be a very very difficult track have you ever seen so many people go off like during practices and actually even in the race i mean there's people screwing up all the time and going off track in that course. I mean, it, it's got to be.
1: It seemingly invites uh, top-level drivers like that to seek the limits and uh, and often exceed them, apparently. But in practices and stuff like that, I think you're just searching out the limits and seeing how far they can go, probably.
0: Yeah, and I think there's just some tough high-speed corners there towards the end, uh, which are tough to navigate at speed. Kirby, have you ever seen a strategist yell at a driver like... Andretti's number 29 strategist uh, yelled at Romain Grosjean.
1: Well, it, it must be liberating when you know the driver's not coming back, right? <laughs> <laughs> Screw you. I don't have to take this crap anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
0: you could. It, it looked like as Grosjean was being dressed down by the guy, like, yeah, we're done uh, taking your crap. Um, he, he got a little sheepish looking.
1: It might have been the point when he realized, uh, I don't. What would you call it? I don't have the hand anymore, right? I don't have the I don't have the leverage here anymore.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think you're exactly right. He doesn't have the hand. Pardon my dog barking in the background, by the way. Just the professionalism of this podcast never ceases to amaze it's, me. It's the,
1: it's the new world, Justin. Everybody's got a dog in there. Great point. Zoom Zoom yeah. meetings are. You're or telling your me I can't have
0: a dog in in my background? The word why, on why, the street.
1: Why, why, don't you, why don't you give us some play by play? of What the, your, your pup's doing with, there? What
0: the dog's doing? I, I have no yeah. idea. Probably crapping yeah. on the floor. Uh, well, the word on the street is Grosjean's onward to DCR now. The latest rumor. I think ECR is a better fit. We've discussed that previously. From a business standpoint, it's a better fit. But watching Grosjean, you know, yell at his crew, I'm not sure Ed Carpenter would take a whole lot of that either, frankly.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, no, I think you're probably right there. Dale Coyne, you know, confirmed that he'd had a conversation with Grosjean, and the next sentence he said, "But you could say that about every driver out there."
0: Yeah, so uh, watch the space with Grosjean. I guess he really has gone from uh, hero to scraping the bottom in in a season. It's been a remarkable thing to watch.
1: He was a uh, beloved figure the last the previous two years, and uh, it be interesting to see if his reputation's taken a hit. You know, people calling him out this year, and cameras catching him being vocal uh, frequently this year, and that type of thing. Uh,
0: Tom Boomquist. Yeah, I expected uh, him to be a bit better at Portland, of course. In fairness to him, either was Elio, right? Their cars were probably bad, but I still expect a bit more from uh, Blomquist. What what would you say?
1: Yeah, I, I, I got to point out that Linus Lunquist sure seemed to make things happen in that car the last the previous three races.
0: I think Ganassi swooped in and took Lunquist away from Shank. I think he had every intention of signing him, and then Ganassi swooped in and
1: took him. Probably could have kept Lunquist in the car the last two races of this year. And if, if he doesn't make the leader circle because he's given Blomquist some experience, then... To be some expensive experience,
0: uh, that's true, but I don't, I'm not sure Chip was going to let Lenquist do the last two races with Shank. You know, the Honda
1: teams, it's good learning experience in somebody else's car. I don't know why you wouldn't, but I
0: mean, I would have. I'm just saying, I'm not sure Chip would have, right? Uh, and now Rosenquist uh, is moving in with blumquist
1: Shank has one more year on their deal with Andretti to be technical partners. Uh, Andretti's been up and down this year, unfortunately. When Andre's been up, Shank has still been down for the most part. You know, but Rosenquist has shown speed. He may not show um, the ability to to close the deal uh, very often, but he shows speed. And so I guess if there's any speed in those cars, you got to think Rosenquist will probably find it. As Shank said
0: it himself, he just wants to get back to where they were. That's his goal, is just to get back to where we were. Curb, uh, RHR uh, doesn't seem to be getting it done for Ed Carpenter either. What do you think? Am I being unfair there?
1: Uh, he's not setting any records either. V.K. I would have suggested had been a disappointment most of the year too, but he's picked it up here the last couple of races, and I don't see R.H.R. picking it up alongside him. No, he, I mean he's keeping his nose above water as far as leader circle goes. I guess at a minimum that's what you got to hope for if you're at Carpenter, but uh, beyond that, I don't see any, um, you know, return to glory for R.H.R. RHR in the in the horizon.
0: No, and it doesn't look like he's sealing a deal for a ride for next year. To me, it just looks like he's kind of filling in at this point.
1: I, I would think that uh, the appropriate future for RHR ought to be you know 500 only and uh, and sports cars if that's something he wants to pursue.
0: Curb another race and another race where Scott Dixon is bitching about them holding the pits open.
1: Well, I think he has uh, uh, a <laughs> I think he has an argument in this particular case. Um, okay,
0: so I, uh, you're right. And I I don't know how much we want to parse this out.
1: Maybe maybe not for the same reasons, but I think he's right in this case.
0: He probably is. So I I guess we should preface this, but but if you want to be generous to IndyCar, you say they've been consistent on this all year. So he shouldn't have been surprised that they did it again. This is the one thing they have been very consistent on. If you want to not be generous to IndyCar, they did not refuse to call yellow when a car was in harm's way or could have been potentially in harm's way. Um, just to hold the pit open, which is not really acceptable.
1: Yeah, I, I think they uh, stretched it a little far this time in terms of safety. And I don't. There's, other, there's been other cases where guys are off in runoffs or have to be restarted or whatever, and they seem you know, even the runoffs have the potential <laughs> of not being a good place to be stuck either when cars are coming down the straight and having to turn. But but oftentimes you can kind of understand what IndyCar is doing um, in these cases. Because it doesn't look particularly dangerous. In this case, I think it looked more dangerous. I think it was more dangerous than than yeah. previous, and I think it should have been thrown.
0: I'm uh, not going to argue that. I, I, I have just one question for you. What happened to the concept of
1: a local yellow? The problem with the concept of a local yellow is, if you start using it, when do you stop using it? And you know, like it or not, yellow flags bunch fields up, make exciting restarts. You know, add add some entertainment factor to the show and um so when you're gonna use your local yellows and when aren't you again somebody's gonna get the good side of that subjective call and somebody's gonna get the bad side of that subjective call right
0: yes and i think that's where i safety issue aside okay and that's a very valid point so i don't want to discount that but safety issue aside i i really disagree with dixon on this it's it's what he's really saying is it's unfair to him. But I could e- easily argue that had they thrown the yell earlier, it would have been unfair, quote unquote, to Rosenquist. It's just like he's so one sided about it. It's like, yeah, it's just not benefiting me, therefore it's wrong. And I don't I don't particularly like that attitude. Uh
1: what's lost from this argument is that, you know, two or three years ago all the drivers were bitching the opposite argument, right?
0: I mean, hundred percent. And it really did make for the races being – just have a random result, which I hated as well. The yeah. Holding the pits open so these guys can get in and, and get their service done makes for a much less random result. So I think it's wrong to discourage IndyCar from, from doing this. I just think it's wrong.
1: I don't know if I think it's wrong. I think that in the previous way of doing things, if you knew that's the way it was being done, then you know plan your strategy appropriately. You knew if you went long. You were taking that risk. And so, but what IndyCar is doing is in response to all the complaining the drivers were doing before and fans, like your complaint about randomness. And now they're getting complaints by the handful of drivers. I mean, there's, to be fair to this side, there's usually fewer drivers that are on the negative side of this decision. But don't forget,
0: two years ago, I mean, your typical willpower interview went something like this Yeah, man, I thought we had a. Uh, we were going to win the race, and uh, yellow came at the wrong time, man. It was terrible.
1: Yeah. well, I mean, go back to Colton Hurd's first victory, right? I think he won that way, right? Because willpower, Power, somebody got screwed by yellow.
0: Yeah. It, it, and just, the it just made any of those races that would have any incidences just a total random result. And I got tired of that as a fan because I, I don't think that's right. I think you you got to take some of that randomness out, which open, keeping the pits open does at the risk of repeating myself. So listen to that, IndyCar. Don't listen to Scott <laughs> Dixon and uh, Team Smug. Mike Hall. Well, it's IndyCar for you.
1: <laughs> right, welcome Smug. to IndyCar, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, welcome to IndyCar, whatever it was. Yeah. Kerb, I'm pretty convinced after watching the Miles Rowe interview that he doesn't have any interest in IndyCar. He wants to go to F1. What say you?
1: None of these guys want to be in IndyCar, do they? They all want to be in F1.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but... He, you know, not one mention of IndyCar. It was like, yeah, I grew up watching, you know, Formula One, and that's just that's when I decided that's what I wanted to do. Right. And then the next mention is how Lewis Hamilton tweeted out congrats to him and all that, (laughs) and it's like,
1: okay, I I think I kind of see where this one's trying to go. Too bad for him. He's already too old to start out and take a Formula One ride, right? I don't know. How old is he? He's like 23 or 24, I think.
0: Kerb, did you notice over the weekend yet another Richard Mille watch robbery? I did not. This this time from Carlos Sainz.
1: I did not. No, I did not.
0: Now, I put forth the, the theory that Richard Mille, if there is such a human being, is organizing these thefts to gain publicity for his watches. I'm now convinced of it. It was like the third one.
1: Very, very clever.
0: It's always the same brand. Uh, the different driver this time, Carlos signs, but it's happened again.
1: Never, never a Movado or a, um, a Casio. Or no Rolexes. <laughs> yeah, no no, no. Ironman triathlons. No Timex no. Ironmans. No, 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 none of that. Gorilla marketing, right? Is that what they call
0: it? Gorilla marketing. Yeah. And I know we mentioned it already, but uh Verstappen won again.
1: And uh, Red Bull won again, right? The only team to win this year. Yeah, I Perez did Perez did come because, in the second. Because, because you know, you know, Toto Wolf is not impressed by uh Verstappen winning ten races in a row. Nah. <laughs> but if Red Bull wins all the races in the season, that'll impress him. For reasons <laughs> I couldn't quite understand.
0: <laughs> Curve um you sent me a little blurb on uh, Mark Miles and his uh, TV package for 2025 20, predictions, or at least actions. Uh, sounds like he's shopping the package, Curb. What do you say?
1: No loyalty to NBC. We're going for the top dollar, it looks like.
0: We, we do know this. We know that NBC is losing $2 billion a year, I think, on streaming. 2000000000 uh, You know billion. They're going to be looking for ways to minimize that loss. I mean, they can't be making any money off of IndyCar. I mean, is that just an easy cut for them? That, that these are questions I have. No, no, in, no, no particular insight, but just well, questions.
1: I, I think that article speculated that uh, the first three years of this deal, that NBC paid twenty million dollars a year, right? Yep. And in sport, in the sports rights fees arena, that's a chump change. I don't think that's gonna uh, make a very big dent in their two billion dollar shortfall, and they still have to. Fill time on their over-the-air, you know, NBC network and USA Today network or USA Network. I don't see how IndyCar can succeed on all streaming um, just yet. I don't, that that future's a little far off, but we'll see. Maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy.
0: Have you watched? I I, I don't. I haven't watched a race all year other than on Peacock. You?
1: Yeah, I probably half and half.
0: Really, you are old yeah. school. If Amazon comes up with a big bucks as an example, right? Um, yeah, there you go.
1: I'm sure it'd be hard to turn down, but I am not. I don't know how successful that, <laughs> that uh, route would be.
0: Kerb, I'm just going to throw this out there. If you're NBC and trying to cut costs, what's the first thing you do as far as your production cost at IndyCar?
1: I take one man out of the booth.
0: <laughs> I knew you were going to go for that. I'm pretty sure I know which one that is. Right. I don't disagree with you. Okay. Kerb?
1: I'm sure Georgia Hennaberry is cheaper than uh, Marty Snyder, too. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, although she didn't uh, make an appearance at Portland, as best I could tell.
1: No, she did not. Kevin, Kevin Lee was kicked out of the booth, so they didn't need her anymore.
0: I don't like Kevin Lee in that booth. I got to be
1: honest with you; he makes me appreciate Lee Diffy. <laughs> uh, I don't think that uh, St. Louis was that St. Louis uh, was his best performance, but no, was okay the, the whole booth was not great there. For our um, criti- criticism of. Ryan hunter Ray uh, earlier in the show, he has um, pretty much put himself in, in Ed Carpenter Racing's number 20 entry in an almost unassailable position to stay in the leader circle going into the last race of the season. So credit due uh, there for Ryan hunter Ray. Currently in the 20th spot and uh, 10 points ahead of the 22nd, currently 22nd place car. And uh, since there's five points awarded just for showing up, He'd be pretty hard to knock off. Heading into Laguna Seca.
0: That's fair. I, I guess the question is, Curb, and we'll never know the answer, but it's interesting to speculate on. What would the total been if Connor Daly stayed in the car?
1: Well, it's hard to give RHR too much credit that he could have, that he improved on it. I don't think he's uh, proven Ed Carpenter right for making that change. Let's put it that way. Right. So,
0: tell us about the rest of the leader circle.
1: So Yuri Vips actually did a good job. I was questioning that um, choice by Ray Hall with two races to go and their leader circle of fate on the line. But Vips qualified 18th and finished 18th, uh, picked up uh, a much needed 12 points in the uh, standings, was able to move out of a tie for the 22nd spot up into the 21st all alone with a three point edge on Devlin Francesco in the 22nd spot. DeFrancesco had the best race of all from this group, picking up a much-needed 13 points for his effort and jumped from 24th to 22nd in the leader circle standings. Going into the last race, DeFrancesco's got a three-point edge on the number 60 car with Blumquist and a five-point edge on the 78 car of Canapino. And I got to tell you, the uh, feel-good story of Canapino over the first half of the season has really gone sour. He's been very poor in terms of scoring points the second half of the year.
0: Yeah, and I'll, I'll go a step further in saying that, you know, in both uh, St. Louis and Portland, he's made a big mistake, which he'd probably be up uh, in RHR territory if he had not made those. Both cases, he was doing fine and better than those guys, if I recall. So, you know, he's he's made a big mistake here. Uh, two races in a row, which has put that million bucks in jeopardy.
1: Heading into Laguna Seca, if you're interested in this subject, the VIPs in the 30, the three-point Cushion, Devlin De Francesco, Blumquist, and Canapino. Those are your four entrants for two places. Anybody that can pop up into the mid-teens in this race at Laguna Seca stands a chance to jump into that race, because when you get down to the bottom, you know it's, it's one point separation between each place. You gotta get up into the Double De D Francesco, you know, seventeenth to thirteenth area if you really want to separate from the other guys. Strangely, Chevy has really tightened up the engine manufacturer points if you're looking for something exciting to cheer for. But you know, interestingly, Chevy uh beat Honda ninety to sixty-three at Portland. And you might wonder how that could be since Palau and Dixon are both on their fifth engine. And therefore not allowed to score. Yeah. The engine, engine manufacturer points. Yeah, no, it's so. it's engine penalties.
0: The the Hondas have not been as uh, stout as the Showies. Curb, uh, unless you got something else, it's time to wrap it up.
1: Picks for Laguna Seca.
0: Oh, sorry, Curb. Uh, I'm going to be generous and allow you to go first.
1: Well, that's great since I think you went first last time. I got to take Palau, right? I yeah, you'd be crazy not to.
0: And I have to take Colton Herta. In the uh throwback livery. In the throwback livery in town
1: Well, uh I'm gonna go with New Garden just based on his effort last year at Laguna Seca.
0: Ah hell. One, one for one last round this year, Kerb. Will power.
1: I was gonna pick him based on sentimentality on my last pick. So <laughs> you uh, freed me up to go with Pato Award. I think he's due. He is
0: due. Uh, the, one of the reasons I picked Power is he started he was started on the pole last year, if you recall. Really? I yep, that. that was the that was the big one that was the big one mario came and graduated him how can you forget all of that Man, it's been a while uh okay well that's uh that's conundrum time for this guy i'll tell you who composes my conundrum curb who's that uh lungard mclaughlin maybe scott <laughs> dixon scott dixon we didn't pick but
1: i was gonna say no scott dixon <laughs>
0: Yeah, but he wasn't he particularly strong last year. You know, he was kind of a non-event last year there. But, hell, his teammate won. So, yeah, geez. Not not just one, one going away, if I recall. Right. Have to say it, Scotty M. I'm going to go again. Scotty M.
1: Well, remember, it's going to be a, a brand-new track, uh, new asphalt. So, all the old assumptions there might not apply.
0: All right, Curb, on that note, we will end it. Uh before you ask me, at Hero IndyCar. That's our X handle, at Hero, H-I-R-O IndyCar.
1: All right. What about uh, sponsors?
0: None of them are showing interest in the pre-Laguna Seca race. Nobody wants to put any money up for that one.
1: Wow. Okay. Um, and any, um, aside from your picks to win the race, any betting advice for your your followers out there?
0: Uh, you know, we've been saying it a while. Lungard potential here. I think Pato, you know, uh, for his first race win, I, I think you're onto something. You, you might smell something a little bit there, Kerb. Um, but, I mean, Palau
1: has got to be your heavy favorite.
0: What I'd really like to bet on is Nova Under on the crowd.
1: Okay. <laughs> Can you see the crowd in the TV shot or not?
0: The cutoff being 5,000 over under.
1: Oh, I'm sure there's more than 5,000. You just can't see them. Uh, I'm going to take the over on 5,000. If you want to throw uh, money in on a long shot, bet on Romain Grosjean to go out in a place of glory.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: Should be the a smooth and high grip track, right?
0: Yeah. All right, Curb. Re- Goodbye, everybody.
1: Everybody enjoy Laguna Seca one last round uh, for a long cold offseason.